Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. I want to talk to you this morning uh, about a word that uh, I have about 10 titles for, uh, but uh, I had some of my team help me uh, uh, choose one, and uh, I told them all the other titles will come out in the word as well. But I want to talk to you about when God speaks. We're standing in a place as a testimony that God spoke. And uh, I want to read uh, quite a few passages of scriptures this morning. So I'm going to begin in John chapter 17. This is one of my favorite chapters in the Bible because it's the last recorded prayer of Jesus Christ uh, before he went to the cross. And uh, it's a powerful prayer where Jesus is praying, first of all, for himself. And, uh, and then secondly, for his disciples, those that he had been walking with uh, for three and a half years. And then uh, at the end, he prays for those of us in 2020 uh, that would need his prayer. How many of you think you still need the prayer of Jesus, the intercession of Christ? He's at the right hand of the Father making intercession for us even today. And uh, I find that cr- uh, quite satisfying. And as I uh, was meditating on this scripture over the last couple of days, uh, it, just, it just strengthened me. And I want to share just uh, the last six verses, beginning with verse 20. Jesus is praying, he says, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Every one of us that believe in the Lord Jesus Christ today, and I wanna welcome all of you that uh, are not only here in the room, those in the overflow rooms or the rooms that we set up for uh, those that just felt like they weren't ready to be in a big auditorium. I'm glad all of you that are here are here and all of you that are uh, still at home, we miss you, we bless you and pray today that you will experience the fullness of the Lord uh, as we are here live. Um, but I was encouraged uh, as, as Jesus is speaking here and he says that who, those who will believe in me through their word, every one of us that believe in Jesus Christ, we have someone up the road, down the road, however you want to look at it, that we need to give thanks for because somebody prayed for you, some mama, some daddy, some preacher, somebody influenced your life in such a way that at some point you turn to Jesus Christ as Lord of your life, savior of your life, redeemer of your life that they may, verse 21, all be one, that's the heart of Jesus, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, that they may be one even as we are one. I in them and you in me, that they may become perfectly one, so that the world may know that you sent me and love them even as you loved me. Father, I desire that they also, whom you have given me, may be with me where I am, to see my glory that you have given me because you love me before the foundation of the world. O righteous Father, even though the world does not know you, I know you, and these know you that you have sent me. I made known to them your name, and I will continue to make it known that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. I appreciate the Lord Jesus Christ's passion for you and I to be what right now in America is not happening. The church, 
The Lord Jesus died on the cross so that we would be one. Not one church at the Rock of Gainesville or one church at First Baptist or one church at the Catholic. His heart is that all of his children would be one. Can somebody say amen to that? His desire is that we be unified and we live in probably the most, in my judgment, it's becoming the most difficult time in the history of our nation. We are, we are not only in the midst of a pandemic, we are in the midst of a battle, a war. People hate each other. Uh, the, the, the political arena is, is boiling over with anger and hatred. And, and somewhere along the way, the church of Jesus Christ has got to be unified, has got to come together as one voice declaring one God, one Lord, one Savior, one Jesus, one heaven. There's only one place. And we're all one, red, yellow, black, and white. That we recognize that anything good, as I preached last week, any gift in us that's good came from God Almighty. Everything in us that is worthy to be praised belongs to him. I wish I could sing like Kristen and Deborah. I wish I could play the drums and the guitar and dance like Kylas. I used to say Jamie, but now we just got to move on to his son, Kylas. What, what is it that that boy cannot do? And he loves Jesus. Come on, somebody. I wish I had those gifts, but I don't. The Lord says, stay in your lane, son. I was going to come out here and just kick it up this morning. Matter of fact, my friend Dwayne Thomas uh, sent me a text this morning and said, I hope you got your dancing shoes on. It's like, man, in my heart I do. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to embarrass the church. But I, I want to talk to us for a few minutes about how God speaks. And I, I want to encourage you today that if you are not uh, on a daily basis, last week and the last four weeks I've had the privilege to preach. And I'll go ahead and announce it. Next week I'm going to try to preach uh, one more week before I enter the hospital in a couple of weeks. Um, but uh, I'm just walking out, trying to figure out what's going on in my body as the chemos that have been being put in are now. I don't know what they're doing, John. Maybe you could help me there. But, but they're, they're, they're doing something. They're messing with me. But, but I want to preach one more week before I enter the hospital. And then, as uh, Jamie said, I'm going to be out of the pulpit for about seven months. And uh, that's hard for a preacher. I can't even go there. I don't even try not to even think about it. Just one day at a time. I, I don't know. I might start trying to video preach from the house and uh, see if y'all still love me enough that you would sit there and listen to it. But, uh, but God speaks. It's not God spoke. It's God speaks. Yes, he spoke, but he's speaking today. And I'm absolutely convinced, as I shared with you last week, we got to get up every single day as believers and we got to get in the word, we got to pray, and we got to worship God. That's got to be our breakfast every single morning. We cannot afford to walk out of our houses until we have spent time in word, in worship, and prayer. Because if you do, you're going to go out there and just make stupid decisions. And you're going to work really hard to try to do something that God could have given you the answer to in just a couple of minutes in the quiet time. But God's speaking today, and I want to just go over uh, four areas where uh, God speaks to you or how he speaks to you and encourage you with this for a few moments. First of all, God speaks to you through his word. Number one, in the beginning was the word, and the word was 
with God and the word was God. Jesus came in the flesh is the word. That's why we have to be in the word of God every day. You get in it, you meditate in it, and all of a sudden, Jesus, a revelation comes. You read something that you've read 471 times, and on that 472nd time, all of a sudden, there's a revelation. There's a life. There's an answer to your problem. There, there's a fresh word that comes that just comes alive in your spirit. And all of a sudden, you begin to worship God as you begin to re- read that word, meditate on it. And now, as you've read the word and you enter into worship, you just begin to thank God. I've been thanking God all morning this morning. I got up early, and uh, I, I sure, I, I don't want to, um, what's the word? I I don't want to magnify my pain and my affliction. I want to magnify the God that helps me through my pain and my affliction, that he is the living God. And though no matter what my body's saying, I don't have to receive what it says as the word of the Lord because God's word declares that I am the healed of the Lord and I can walk out the healing process even in the midst of the body going, ah, I'm going to do this to you. And some of you go out into your businesses, and I'm telling you, God wants to bless you, but he will bless you through his word. And so you get in that word every morning, and you're meditating in it, and God begins to speak to you. The second way that God speaks is through his gifts. Right before Jesus ascended to the right hand of the Father, he turned and he gave the gifts of the apostolic, the prophetic, the evangelist, the teacher, and, and the what? Uh, the pastor. Oh, yeah, the pastor. Uh, he gave these gifts not because we're the hirelings that have been hired to do a job, but because we are the called of God, anointed of God, appointed of God, and when God anoints and God appoints, he sets us in a place so that we can... Uh, teach and edify and bring the word so that we, the saints, all of us, get a hold of what God is saying and take that and walk out of our homes and out of our churches and touch a world that we live in. We're called. If you know Jesus as the Lord and Savior of your life today, whether you're comfortable with this or not, you're a saint. You're not a saint because anything you did. You're not a saint because of the way you dressed this morning. You're not a saint by the way you got out of bed. You're not not a saint because of your works. You're a saint because of his work. Christ in me, in you, the hope of glory. So so when we come to the house of God or when we receive a a, a word, uh, that word is a word from the heart of God through his prophet or his evangelist or his teacher or his pastor or the apostolic, he, he is speaking a word to us and it's not just one of the words or opinions. Oh, don't let me just get on this one for a minute. See, for too many, it's just another voice that I'm going to consider instead of the gift of God that's gonna bring life to me, a gift. And it doesn't mean that every apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher are perfect because nobody's perfect except Jesus. But as men and women operate in their gifts, their words bring life, encouragement, hope, restoration, a challenge, a conviction. Sometimes, we, sometimes I stand up here and preach 
And one person will come to me and say, Pastor, wow, that word was bam, bam, bam for me, man. That just hit right. And, and I'm trying to think, did I even say that? <laughs> and then somebody on the other side of the auditorium comes and wants to pat you on the back and say, wow, Pastor. They send me a text. Man, Pastor, this morning, that word you spoke just really nailed it right on the head for me. And, and, and man, I'm encouraged by it. And I'm sitting there scratching my head. Where are my notes? I, I need to see, did I even say that? Because Holy Spirit through you, see, it's not about me. That's why the reality, we spent a year building this house, and by the goodness and grace of God, I, I get two weeks to preach, and then all of a sudden, I'm trusting the other gifts of God. And hear me, at the Rock of Gainesville, we don't have a B team, we have an A team. And every pastor and every leader and all of my staff, they are anointed of God. And when they stand up here, you're not getting second best. You're not getting second best. I'm not best. I'm just the called of God. Appointed. Somebody asked me the other day, what are you going to do with all the rest of this land? I said, I don't know. That's not, that's not for me to worry about. Holy Spirit said this was the last building I would build. This, this and what we have in our South Campus that we have 147 acres of land left. And if Jesus tarries, the next generations of leadership here are gonna have things and be able to do things because this generation was faithful with the word of the Lord. Come on, I, I think you gotta give yourself a hand for that. Number three is God speaks to you by his spirit. Man, oh man, oh man, you cannot live for Jesus without the Holy Spirit. Don't, don't try. It's horrible. It's miserable. We need the Holy Spirit in our life every single day because he, he brings life. He, he, he comes to comfort. He comes to teach. He comes to exhort. He comes to help. I love what it says in John 16, 13. Jesus said, when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into what? all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will declare to you the things that are to come. We need the Holy Spirit. It's not just about speaking in tongues. Speaking in tongues is a byproduct of being filled with the Holy Spirit. You have a right, you have a privilege to have a heavenly language so that when you run out of your own way of thinking, and you don't know how to pray anymore in your own understanding, you can pray in the Holy Spirit. And he will pray through you. Matter of fact, he'll pray through your groanings. You're groaning, making utterances that nobody else can understand. You're crying out in desperation and your word's no longer enough. And you just start groaning before God. I groan for my friend Joey Reichart. I prayed for Joey up until the minute he left this world and went to be with Jesus. And I didn't understand. And I groaned and I prayed and I fought and I stood and I confessed and I believed. But as much as we feel lost today that a 35-year-old young man leaves a wife and three precious children and a mom and dad and a bunch of siblings, Joey is with Jesus. Wow. We're hurting, but Joey's not. I'm telling you, I believe Joey's a part of the great cloud of witnesses. He's with Mr. Bob and my dad, and he's with Pastor Cheryl, and, and he's with others that he's known, and they are making intercession on our behalf. And Joey's already saying, oh, 
don't fret over me. I'm praying for you. And, and as I spoke Friday morning at his service, the joy that I uh, am stirred up with is the understanding that one day when I also go through the door of death and enter into the presence of the living God and hear, well done, thou good and faithful, that Joey and I, our time together in eternity will make these 34 years and 364 days that he lived on this earth as though it was nothing. My dad, before he died a year and a half ago, 99 years and three months old. He always said 99 years and three months young. And he would say, son, it went by like that. And he would say, son, it's only the last four and a half years of my life that I have found contentment and peace because he received the fullness of Christ in his life and became a giver instead of a taker. And it changed his life. We need the Spirit of God to help change our life. And the fourth thing, this one might get some of y'all, but the voice, the voice of God still speaks. You can hear God. There are times when God speaks and you look around and say, who else is in the room? Because you hear a voice and it's not saying things that the devil would say. You always know when God's speaking in your ear and when the devil's speaking in your ear. And the devil's speaking in your ear a lot. And when you will press in to know and hear the voice of Almighty God, his voice will change your life. Hebrews chapter four, verse 12, because of the clock, I'm gonna fly through a few of these scriptures, but I love Hebrews 4, 12. It says, for the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit of joints and of marrow and discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. And every time I read this, I said, Lord, I got some problems in my bone marrow. I need the word of God to become alive in my marrow. I declare it, the word of God to come alive inside of that mirror. I don't even know where it is. All I know is the other day the lady said, listen, I'm laying flat on my back. I got ear pods in. I'm listening to worship Jesus music. And she's talking to me and she said, I'm going to put this needle all the way into the middle of your marrow. And I'm going to pull some fluid out. And she said, when I do, it's going to hurt. I love it when they tell the truth, don't you? She said, now it's going to hurt for three seconds. Come on, somebody. Three seconds is bam, bam, bam. No, it wasn't. <laughs> three seconds was like 30. I said, woman, you said three seconds. She said, it was only two and a half. <laughs> I said, it felt like 30. Man, when she drew that needle out, that fluid felt like fire going through my body. I just, I just was on the bed. <clears throat> Hallelujah. When it quit, it was a hallelujah. <laughs> and then she said, okay, now I'm going to go in one more time. And this time I got to get a little of the bone or the flesh or whatever. I don't, I don't, is it bone? I think it's bone. And, and, and she said, now this is not going to sting, but it's going to feel like an elephant's on your back. And I swear they opened the door and an elephant came in and crawled right on my back because <laughs> all of a sudden I couldn't breathe. And, and I think it was to keep from feeling that when they pulled that out of there. And the minute she came out, she said, we're done. I said, hallelujah. I started speaking in tongues right there. 
John 8, 47 says, whoever is of God, listen to this, hears, say hears. Hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear them is that you are not of God. You can hear God if you know God. You have the ability to hear and let your hearing change your life. It'll change your life. I'm gonna share in just a moment, I wanna read Psalm 32 verse eight, it says I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Isaiah 55, three says, incline your ear and come to me. Hear, listen to this, hear that your soul may live and I will make with you an everlasting covenant. Man, I want my soul to live. And it's not gonna live by what the doctors say because every time I go to the doctor, first thing they say is now, pastor, you need to remember you have an incurable disease. Now, how, you like, how, how would you like to hear that every day for eight months, twice a week? Now, pastor, we know you're a man of faith, but, but it's incurable. I said, look, I don't want you to cure me. I want God to heal me. <laughs> if you think I'm trusting you to cure me, you think too highly of yourself. I'm believing you to do your very best. And man, would you just put your hands in, together and put it up for doctors and nurses that work in oncology? Because they are amazing people. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how they go to work every day. I don't know how they do what they do, but they're incredible and I love them. I bless them. I pray blessings over them. They, they see me coming in on the hall. They know they're about to get a blessing. Bless you, Amber. Bless you, Ann. Bless you, Doc. I mean, I'm declaring it. Matter of fact, I told my doctor, I said, after I get healed, you can write a book and take credit for it. I don't care, become a millionaire. <laughs> but I'm gonna give God all the glory because he's gonna do what you, Doc, said you couldn't do. When the banker says you don't have enough money, you better know how to hear the voice of God. When you're going through a marital problem and all hell's trying to separate your marriage, you better know how to hear the voice of God. Because if you don't, you'll end up in the divorce court. I'm not the only one here in this building today that needs to hear from God. You need to hear from God. Psalm 50 verse one, the mighty one, God the Lord speaks and summons the earth from the rising of the sun to its setting. And in this very last scripture, I wanna to talk to you for just a few moments and tell you a couple of things because I wanna stir you and encourage you today to hear God. What does it take for you to hear God? And I want you to know that I believe that not only is God talking to you, but God's talking to your children and your grandchildren. Amen. And that little kids sometimes hear God better than mom and daddies do because they believe. Jeremiah chapter one, verse four says, now the word of the Lord came to me, Jeremiah speaking, and we know him as Jeremiah the prophet, but right here, he's not Jeremiah the prophet, he's Jeremiah a child. And he says, now the word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you and I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I said, oh Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm only a youth, 
For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and he touched my mouth. And the Lord said, behold, I have put my words in your mouth. When I was eight years old, and everybody's ever been on a mission trip to Cuba, can just say amen to that, you know this story. Told it a hundred times across the island of Cuba. But when I was just a little eight-year-old boy in a little Nazarene church, been in church every Sunday morning, every Sunday night, every Wednesday night, two-week revival every year. But something happened in August of 1965 in that little Nazarene church and I was sitting way back on the far left facing the pastor and we're in the middle of a two-week revival and I don't have a clue what he preached. All I know was that at the end of his message, when they started to sing just as I am one more time. I mean, you've been raised in that church where it's just as I am, just one more verse, just one more time. I didn't wait to the fifth time the preacher said it or the 10th time. Something in this little boy's life knew that there was something missing. Been in church my whole life, but I didn't know him. And as that preacher preached, and again, I have no idea what he said. All I know is there was an invitation from God. If you'll come down here, I'll meet you. And I got up and I ran down the aisle by the wall and I hit the altar and I began to weep and cry and ask Jesus to come into my life. All of a sudden, all the men of the church were around me and they were praying. I remember it vividly. And I remember crying out, God, don't send me to hell for stealing that bubble gum out of mama's store. I'm here to confess to you. And Jesus said, you got to confess it to your mama. She's the one you stole it from. But as I confessed and invited Jesus to be Lord of my life, he became real. The next night in our little church, in my little holiness Nazarene church, once you have an altar experience for salvation, then somebody's gonna come and get you because you gotta get sanctified. And so as the service wrapped up and the preacher was giving his altar call again, all of a sudden there were a couple of men standing beside me and, and said, George, did you give your heart to Jesus last night? And I said, I did. And they said, well, you need to come on with us to the altar so we can get you sanctified. Sanctified is a big word for an eight-year-old. Matter of fact, it's a big word for a 63-year-old. But I came back to the altar and I knelt down. And as soon as I knelt down, I had no idea that Jeremiah 1 was here. I had no idea that God had spoken to Jeremiah and said, in your mother's womb, I knew you, I consecrated you, and I called you. I didn't know that Jeremiah even existed. But when I hit that altar as a little eight-year-old boy, all of a sudden I heard a voice. And it wasn't my daddy's voice. It wasn't my mama's voice. It wasn't those men around me's voice. It wasn't the preacher's voice. It was the voice of God. And he said, I've called you in your mother's womb, I knew you, I named you, and I called you. And he said, you're going to preach my gospel all over the world. Man, that's a big 
big thing to hear when you're an eight-year-old boy in a broken home, in a dysfunctional home, in a poor home. I don't remember what relatives we were living with at that time, but I guarantee we were living with somebody because we were broken poor. I fast forward through my life and I'm sharing this with you today because I want you to know that God is no respecter of persons and God did not just speak before, God is speaking today and if he'll speak to me, he'll speak to you and whatever it is you're going through, whatever it is you need, God is ready to reveal his word in your life. We're sitting in a room today that many in this city believe would never happen and there were times when I believed it would never happen. But, God speaks, he speaks. God's word never changed. As a teenage boy, I strayed from God. I, I did the stupid stuff. I tried the, the things that the world had to offer. And at 16, 17, 18 years of age, all of a sudden I found a longing and a hungry and I ended up in, a, in, a, in an assembly of God church that seated about 200 uh, people and there were about four or 500 kids packed into this building. And I never forget going there with my sister Cheryl. Bob was in Alaska on assignment and, and Carrie and Cheryl and I went to this church and, and I walked in and, and man, there was a spirit of God in the place. There was a presence of God. There was a fire of God. There was the excitement of God. Young people were lifting their hands and I'm like, I'd never seen that before in my life. I thought somebody in the back had a gun on everybody. They, they, were, they were lifting their hands, singing, I surrender. I'm like, what are they surrendering to? And, and they're just worshiping. And all of a sudden, I got mad. I'm like, what are these weird people doing? I quit church because it was dead, boring, and lifeless. Now, all of a sudden, I'm in the middle of one that's full of life. And all of a sudden, I'm critical because it ain't like the dead one that I came from. You know God's a merciful God. He should have just backhand most of us to hell but instead he gave us Jesus. And I stood there that day and man, I was freaked out. I was like ready to go. They were, they were praying and worshiping and speaking in tongues and man, I'd never heard that stuff in my life. And all of a sudden the pastor's wrapping up and Cheryl and Carrie and I are sitting on the side, on that side of the building and uh, I, I'm ready to go. I'd already leaned over to sis and said, sis, as soon as that man bows his head, I'm out of here. But right before that man bowed his head, he points to me. This place is packed. There are kids standing against the wall. And he points and he says, young man, when I'm through, I'd like you to come up here. I, I have a word for you. I'm looking around like he is not talking to me. And sis leans over and says, honey, I think he's talking to you. I said, no, he's not. <laughs> I don't know who he thinks he's talking to, but let him bow his head and watch me. <laughs> he, he, he bowed his head and started praying. And I said, see you outside, sis. And I went to move and there were two big old guys standing right here. They said, it'll be okay. He finished praying, people started hugging and doing all kind of crazy stuff and, and they just started pushing me lightly down the aisle. And I got down to the front, Quentin Edwards was the pastor, mighty man of God. And he walked up to the edge of the side of the, over the altar 
He didn't come down, he just looked at me. And he said, young man, I perceive that you have a call of God on your life. Hear me, I'm not even walking with Jesus right now. I'm walking with Strawberry Hill Boone's Farm wine. <laughs> and a little bit of Jamaican weed. <laughs> I'm not walking with Jesus. I just came because God had a word. And he said, you look like you're a little freaked out. And I looked up at him and said, that's an understatement. Like, when I walk out of here, look at the backside because you'll never see the front side again. And he said, all I ask you to do is this. Everything that you witness in this place today, you go home and see if you can find it in the Word of God. And if you do, you come back next week. I took him at his challenge. And I came back. And when I came back, I found out that the word that God had spoken to me 10 years before had not changed. He said, you're still called. I've been waiting patiently for you. Welcome home. And I began to surrender my life and invited Holy Spirit to come in my life and found out that there was a power of God for right here now, not for heaven one day. You're not gonna need it in heaven. You need it here, because there's a battle raging. We need God in our life. We need the Holy Spirit. We need Jesus alive in us. And my life began to change. I married the woman that God had for me on his word. And I'm glad it was his word. She's a beautiful woman and I'm blessed beyond. But we're not still together after 41 years because she's a beautiful woman or we have a perfect marriage. We have the word of the Lord that has never changed. And if you'll, you can, if you'll get the word of the Lord, you can stay married through rough times, through hard times, through difficult times, through times when you don't even like each other, when you got the word of the Lord, because you know what? The word of the Lord won't let you go. And the word of the Lord won't even justify your desire to go get you another woman or another man. The word of the Lord changed our life. We moved to Gainesville in 1987 on the word of the Lord and established this house that's known as the Rock of Gainesville on the word of the Lord. We bought this land in 1997 on the word of the Lord. And 10 years later in 2007, we paid off this land by the faithfulness of the people of the rock who also had learned to hear the voice of the Lord and obey. And we paid off $1.8 million in this little church and bought this land on the word of the Lord. We broke ground on this land a little over a year ago when the Lord said it was time. You see, when God says it's time, it's time. And when God says it's now, it's now. And when God says it's you, it's you. And we don't have to come with our reasoning or our excuses as why we cannot, not when God has spoken. Because you see, right after God spoke and right after we obeyed, and right after the people of the Rock of Gainesville planted the largest single seed offering that we had ever planted in the history of our church, as a confirmation, God said, see what I can do with a faithful people. And we planted. And as Suzanne said, shortly after we broke ground and began, I came home from China 
was diagnosed with this disease. A few months later, COVID hits. A few months later, riots break out in our nation. People are hating each other. There needs to be a people that can hear the voice of God. There needs to be a people that will hear the voice of God and respond to what God is saying. So today, we're here to celebrate the completion of a dream and a vision that God put in my heart. But this is not the end. This is just the beginning. This is just a new phase. This is just the next step. This is the 33rd year of this ministry. And God wants us as a people to hear his voice, to be full of his presence. Today is a testimony of when God speaks. And when God speaks, it's always the right time. Can you say amen to that? It's always the right time. This house is built. And I wanna say to all of you that had a part in designing the building or doing the site work or building the building, painting the building, putting up the, the electrical parts of this building, every part of this was not just another building, wasn't just another commercial building. But what you labored in was a house that on Thursday night we dedicated and prayed over, first of all, as a house of prayer. We had a couple hundred people come in here Thursday night and we prayed and we walked through this building and we declared every part of this building would be to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ, that my name would not be plastered on it or anybody else's name. This house would be known as the house of God, a house of prayer. We got to pray because if we're not going to pray, we need to shut it down and go on home. It's also a house of hope where people are gonna come and find the hope that they need in a really messed up world that we're in right now. It's a house of salvation. Today, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, you can know him before you walk out of this place. It's not a hard thing. It's not a difficult thing. It's not something that you gotta work to do. You can't get good enough for God to love you. He loves you just like you are. He loves you when you're all messed up. How I many can testify you were messed up when God got a hold of your life? The rest of you need to get saved again because y'all were messed up. I knew some of you before Jesus. And I know you after Jesus. Wow. This place is a house of healing. We believe that we're gonna see mighty miracles take place in this house. The sick, the maimed, the hurting, the diseased are gonna come and God's gonna touch us right where we are when we get desperate and hungry and just say, God, it's, it's all you. This is gonna be a house of restoration and reconciliation as it has been in the past. People are gonna come in here ready to divorce and they're gonna get all in love with Jesus and find out that Jesus will give them the ability to get all in love with their spouse again. Come on somebody, there ain't nobody out there better for you. A house of restoration. Have your marriage reconciled. Return to your first love to God and he'll give you your first love for that woman or man that you couldn't live without. I always ask people, have you forgotten when you first fell in love. Man, you couldn't imagine one more day of life without her or him. And now you'd do anything if Jesus would just kill him and take him home. 
so you wouldn't have to divorce him or kill him yourself. Jesus can heal that. And this is a house of family. It's a house of family. Anybody ever ask me, what's, what's the rock all about, family? You see, God so loved the world. He gave Jesus because he wanted many sons and daughters. He wanted a family. And I wanna ask everybody just to sit still for just a moment as I wrap this up. If you do not know Jesus Christ today as your personal Lord and Savior, today you can. If you've never surrendered your life to Jesus Christ to, to, to receive the fullness of all that he is, today you can. If you have no idea where you will go when you die and depart this world, today you can. Joey Reichardt, a week ago Wednesday, left his body and entered into the presence of the living God. Death is only a door. And if today you have no confidence or idea what's gonna happen to you when you die, you need to know. You need to know. You don't wanna wait to the end and go through that door to find out that all that the world told you was a big lie and that eternity is eternal. Our life on earth, my dad, 99 years old, he said, son, it, it, it was just yesterday. I was 10 years old playing little league baseball. It was just yesterday that my brother Cecil and I went into the army my, and your uncle Cecil flew a bomber under General MacArthur. General MacArthur, hadn't he been dead for like a hundred years? He said, no, not, not that long, son, but man, he could tell you stories at 99 years. He could tell you about our last national championship, the Florida Gator team won. Who was the quarterback? Who were the wide receivers? Who was our coach? He could tell you. He had a sharp mind. But as my dad began to weaken, and I realized he's about to walk through that door. Dad and I had a long talk and I said, Dad, are you at peace? He said, son, I'm ready to go. Would you just stop praying for me that I would stay? He said, I'm ready to go. I'm like, Dad, I remember when there was a time you couldn't even talk about death. You're scared to death. He said, that, that's not me anymore, son. I am right with God. I know Jesus is Lord and Savior of my life. I am ready to go. This body is tired. He said, this body, you can have it. He said, I'm going into his presence. Today is a great day for you to receive Jesus as your Savior and Redeemer. Today, you can. And I'm gonna ask everybody in the audience to just bow your head and close your eyes for a moment. This is, this is just between you and the Lord Jesus Christ. Those of you that are at home watching, those that, that might be watching on a podcast this week, if you don't know Jesus today, wherever you are, you can. And all you have to do is surrender your life. I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. And today, if you wanna pray this prayer with the whole congregation, pray this prayer. There'll come a time when you can raise your hand, there'll come a time when you can run up and tell a preacher, you can tell somebody today if you want. But today, this is just between you and the Father. God knows you, He loves you. 
as much as he knew me as an eight-year-old boy and said he had known me even in my mother's womb. Hear me, he knows you and he remembers when you were in your mother's womb. And he had a purpose for your life and a plan for your life and he wants you to know the fullness of how much he loves you. Jesus came to die on a cross so that your sins could be forgiven and you could be a son or daughter of the Most High God. If you desire that today, pray this prayer with us out loud. Pray it this way. Father God, I come to you in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Today I acknowledge I'm a sinner. I don't know you. I know about you, but I've never known you. Today I want to know you. So I invite you to come into my heart and to be my Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Cleanse me of all the wickedness in my life. Today I'm choosing you for the rest of the days of my life. I want to be your follower, your disciple. I receive you and I thank you for loving me. I pray this, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Would you just put your hands together and let's give the Lord an ovation because he is good and awesome and great. I'm not looking at my staff because I'm so far over time, it's not even funny, but I'm thinking, you know what? I got seven months of catching up to do before I go. And uh, this is a beautiful day. We have a meal being cooked for you. And uh, Pastor Ron will share all of that in a moment. But before I turn the stage over to Pastor Ron, I want to take a moment and thank um, all the folks that uh, were a part of making our dream, our vision become our reality. Uh, yesterday, I was here for about seven hours. I felt horrible. Um, I walked around, my, bra my brain was just foggy. I couldn't concentrate, I couldn't read. I, I, couldn't even, I couldn't even remember what my title was about. I was like, Lord, I know you're speaking, but right now I'm pretty foggy headed and chemo brain, they call it. And, and so I, I sent a text to my family and I said, would y'all please pray for me? I am struggling. And uh, I walked through this building, everybody had left and, and it's a pretty cool building. You walk down the hall, lights just come on. It's like, you don't even have to say, let there be light. You just walk and light comes on. It felt so cool. I was walking around, lights coming on, you know? And then, and then I'm trying to like, how do you get them off? I don't even know how to turn lights off here. I don't have keys to anything. So anyhow, I'm walking through the building. I go to every bathroom, girls bathroom, boys bathroom, nursing mother's room, usher's room, the children's wing and walking through it all. And I got so emotional. It's like, you know, I've been coming down here watching this, you know, building be built. And can I just say too, uh, for all of you that are accustomed to the flat floor of the Rock of Gainesville South Campus, we have three levels. They're all lit up beautifully. Please don't fall on your face. Okay, watch where you're walking. We had this whole conversation with our staff and Thursday night we come to prayer. We're having a great time, we pray. I go home as soon as it's over. Suzanne gets home and she said, thank God for Renata. I'm like, what happened with Renata? She said, I wasn't paying attention and I hit that step and I was falling forward and Renata caught me. I was like, thank God for Renata. And uh, I said, honey, we have three levels in here. So man, I was walking through this building yesterday. I came in here. And, and I was just overwhelmed. 
It's just a building when we're not here. But man, yesterday the presence of God was in this place. I stood, you gotta play that song, right? I stood in this place and I said, God, thank you. You put a dream in me that oftentimes I wondered if it would ever happen. And then as soon as we start building, Lord, I'm afflicted with this stupid disease. Can I tell you, I hate cancer, not only in my body, I hate cancer in every child's body in the world, all over the world. Cancer is demonic and it's not of God. But God shows up big time in the middle when you're fighting whatever battle you're fighting. But I stood in here and I started thinking about the men that worked in this place. And I developed a talking, can you imagine that? I actually developed a talking relationship with some of these guys. I'd walk through the hall and they'd be painting or fixing something electrical or putting up sheetrock or doing something. And, and I just was thankful for each one of them. So I wanna begin by just saying thank you to Juan and Melissa Cigar, the owners of Foresight, uh, for being a son of this house, being family. And uh, I think that's Joe Walker beside him. See me that mask there, Joe. I thought I saw Joe coming. Joe is the owner of Walker Architect. They designed our building. So thank you, Joe, and all the people that, uh, and, and there are a lot of folks here. Uh, Juan's got a lot of stuff. Matter of fact, would all of Juan's staff just stand? You're here, stand up. We want to say thank you. We're not going to embarrass you. Just stand up. There you go. We got a whole bunch of amazing people. Scott, Dave, Daniel, Tony, Caesar, man, just thank you guys. Bless y'all. Ricky, uh, Caleb, there, there's a whole bunch of them, but um, I don't, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I'm going to. Um, I have just developed a great relationship with a young man that works with Juan. I love him. The other day he said something to Pastor Suzanne about your church and Suzanne stopped him and said, no, 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 this is your church too. But I, I have grown to love this young man. He only has one flaw. He graduated from FSU. You'll forgive him, it's okay. Marianne, be quiet. But uh, I love this guy and I am gonna embarrass him, but Dave, I want you to stand one more time. Dave is the superintendent of our building. Dave took ownership of this place. And uh, he, he is an amazing young man. Dave, thank you for everything. But, he became so much family. I mean, every time I turn around, he's at a table eating with us. And, uh, and, and he had no problem coming and telling me to move my vehicle. <laughs> like, boy, who are you? One might pay your paycheck, but I'm paying ones right now. So. But uh, no, he just, he, t- he took ownership of this place. He was down here last night, got a text from him. And like, Dave, don't text me at 10 till 10 anymore. I'm asleep most of the time. He texted me and said, the ladies are here clean. I'm like thinking, what are you doing down there, Dave? He, he just had, he's had such a heart and it's just blessed me. I mean, he, you know, this was just a job. All these guys, they're, they're always been around here, but, but I just wanted to say thank you, Dave, one more time. He has really blessed me. Everything I've asked for from my own office, he's done for me. So thank you, Dave. Bless you. There are some other guys here. I can't see anymore. My eyes are a little foggy, but I know we have some of our electricians, some of our painters. Would you guys just wave at me? I won't embarrass you and make you stand. There you go. There's Silas back there. Some of his brothers, I think. We have some electricians here. 
some other painters, but uh, I love this guy Silas back here too, man. He's always smiling. I, I just love a smiling guy. He just make me smile. And he was just here. He paint, they painted all this stuff. I'm like, they're way up there. And he's smiling, laughing, having a good time. I'd be like, heaven know am I going up there. It'd still be block walls if I needed to paint it. But uh, anyhow, thank you guys, all of you. I want to say thank you to Jim Deason and Joe Block, who have worked tirelessly with Pastor Tad. Amazing. I, the, o- the only thing that I can say that was good about COVID-19 is Jim is a contractor that works and travels all over the world. He does PGA golf tournaments and he did Australia's President's Cup last year. He's done the Masters. He's done Scotland and in, in, in Ireland or somewhere else. And he hadn't taken me anywhere. I, 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 I'm having a hard time forgiving him, but Donna gets to go. He takes his wife instead of his pastor. But uh, Jim, uh, all of his jobs got canceled. And so he has been here with Pastor Tad 12 hours a day, six days a week. And I just bless you, Jim. I love you so much. Joe, I don't know where Joe is, but Joe's been a tremendous help. I want to thank Pastor Jamie uh, for all of his help on this stage, putting our worship team stuff together. Thank you, Jamie. You're awesome. All of my pastors and staff have worked down here tirelessly. They ran about 30,000 feet of wire. My pastors, they are not qualified. The electricians double checked it, Tad and Jim double checked it, but they pulled wires forever and ever while I was at home uh, praying over them that they would pull them right. But thank you, all of my team, my pastors, my staff, everybody. And then um, I want to take a moment to say thank you to Pastor Tad. seated for just one more minute. I, I, I at a later time have a lot more to say about Tad, but I, I love all my team equally in every way. 30 long time ago, seven years ago, I was a youth pastor in Panama City and this guy started hanging around and serving me and he had a rat tail about that long and uh, he had glasses about that thick and he was a nerd of nerds, but he could do anything and served me like I was somebody. And I knew I wasn't nobody. I mean, in the flesh. And this young man loved and served me and blessed. He was on our youth worship team and he married one of our other youth leaders, Missy, 33 years ago. And, uh, but uh, Tad came into my office one day, some of you have heard this story, before I ever had said a word about going out and starting a church. Pastor had never spoken about it publicly. We had never talked about it. Tad walked in my office one day, right up to my desk, and he said, wherever you go, he said, I'm going with you. I'm gonna serve you the rest of my life. Who does that? Tad, (laughs) Tad does that. (laughs) 
And dad is really, this building wouldn't be here if it weren't for dad. When I got diagnosed and had to go home, I knew that it was a joke me being here anyhow. I sat in that meeting with Juan, I didn't know what anybody was talking about. I just nodded like I was smart. And they'd be talking about everything about this building and then it'd eventually get back to Tad, asking Tad his opinion. But all, the, all of this, you like our little small screen? It's a little tiny thing, 57 feet wide and 24 feet deep. And Tad came to me a couple years ago and said, I think we need to have an LED that'll speak. And so uh, before we ever signed the contract with Juan, uh, we bought this from China for just under $300,000. Today, it's about a million dollars to get this screen. And uh, we bought it and had it shipped to us and it's been in storage for almost two years. Tad had to go through every single panel and check to make sure they were working properly. So over the last year and all the other things he was doing, he was over at a hot warehouse uh, by himself going through crate after crate after crate. And uh, I am just grateful. David had a Jonathan, I have a Tad. And I'm grateful, Tad, love you. I'm trying to get back in his good graces because over the last couple of days, I, I yelled at him one day, Tad, he said, I heard him say it. I'm gonna change my name. <laughs> he was done with me. Lastly, I wanna say to all of you that have been a part of the Rock of Gainesville family here, you've stood with me, believed in the vision, the dream, you've given sacrificially millions of dollars over the last 27 years that we've been sowing seed. Up until this building was built, <laughs> that's a key word there, we have been debt-free for a long time, since 2007. And uh, I believe that before the Lord allows me to pass the baton, in the next few years, supernaturally, we're gonna pay this building off. And uh, when it's time for me to pass the baton to the next generation of leaders, I believe that they're gonna have two campuses and a lot of land, and it's gonna be paid for. And whatever God tells them to do, there's gonna be no limitation because we, the people, this generation, have been faithful with hearing. So I want you to give yourself a hand because you are amazing. And I love you and I bless you. And I thank you for everything. Lastly, I want to say thank you to all my family that came up and friends, pastor friends. We have a lot of pastors and ministry guys here, and I just want to recognize them real quick. David Isaias and Linda. David has traveled with me so many times to Cuba. He's an amazing man of God, and he encourages me because we were in Cuba a few years ago, and Dave's sister had just been diagnosed with stage four something bad pancreatic cancer, no chance to live. And she just celebrated uh, recently two years of cancer free in her body. God did it for her in Mexico. He can do it for me in Gainesville. Amen. It's great to have Bob Weiner here 
and his beautiful daughter Evangeline. Bob is a friend of ours. Bob's been coming by, been hearing rumors of Bob driving up on the property, jumping out of his car and just prophesying over this place. So I bless you, Bob. Thank you. Also, Lamar Brantley, my nephew, has been in the ministry with his dad until he went to be with Jesus. And he's a faithful uh, nephew. And uh, it's good to have my family here. Sheree, uh, my brother's wife, and my sister Lynette is here, and Lisa, and some other family, Marley, and a whole bunch of y'all that are part and not a part, and you're a part, but you're a part, but whatever. Uh, Pastor Aaron and Robbie Smith from The Rock in Mobile, Alabama are here. Thank you for these guys. Pastor Steve and Kim Parker and family from Orlando. Our man, Pastor Savin and Katie from Lifesong Church in Tampa. We bless you guys, love you. So um, that's all I got. I'm gonna go home and just pass out for about three hours. Thank you for coming today. Thank you for standing with Suzanne and I. Oh, let me just say this too. I love my family. Nathan, Andrew, Luke, Jess, Ollie, and Steph, my 10 grandchildren, Caroline, Eva, George, Wyatt, Peter, Anna. Not there yet. Stella, Ari, Jordan. Okay, I can't get them right in order. Scarlet. Is that it? Did I get them all 10? Hallelujah. There's a Jesus in heaven that loves me. Scarlet came up to me during worship and she was so serious. I'd lean down to get a deep word from God and she said, I'll meet you in your office after you preach. <laughs> Love my family. It's what the kingdom's all about. Thanks again for coming today. I love you guys. God bless. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.